everybody. It's dead. We got Bernie here with me. Uh, I, I will probably die. All right. And welcome to the EstorProds.com podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to be something a bit different. Uh, largely just for time restraints. But still, this yeah. is something that we have been meaning to do for a while and has kind of been on, especially Birdie's mind, given, like, I think yesterday alone you sent me, like, 12 texts in a row about it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, um, <laughs> it's not going to be like, uh, what was that, identity crisis. I just find this, what we're going to talk about tonight, more confounding than uh, hateable, I guess. Yeah, that's fair, because what we're going to be talking about tonight is not bad. No. It is It is good, and at, and at some moments, actually pretty great, and at other moments... The most confusing fucking thing. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, tonight, today, whenever you listen to this, uh, we're going to be talking about Injustice. Specific, well, specifically, Injustice 1. Yes. Just to, for, to clarify for people. And to clarify further, Injustice 1, the comic. Yeah, although I think we have to talk about, we'll be talking game, about the game at least a little bit to talk about the comic but yes yeah and we may draw some comparisons to injustice 2 because we have thoughts there but we'll get into that we'll get into that should it arise yeah but the main focus of this will be injustice year injustice gods among us years one through five yeah yeah so pretty kind of started the ball rolling on this i had been in the injustice camp for a while i you know played the games read yeah, uh, I got to this a lot later than most people. Yeah, I'm, mainly because I'm I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan in the world, and when I first heard about a, a fighting game from the creators of Mortal Kombat, whereas everyone else was like, "Oh my god, I got chips my pants," I'm like, <laughs> uh, 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 "Okay." Yeah, I got into that. I got into it a uh, a bit earlier than everyone else because um. Well, not not earlier than everybody else. Earlier than everybody else on the website, but in terms of them, I in terms of the world, I got there around when the majority of people got there, as in not exactly when it came out, because I had played MK9. Like I was not the biggest fan of Mortal Kombat either, but that's that's because only because I played Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat's a four through D versus DC Universe, which is yeah, when shit I, I got weird. I remember that one, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, so, to catch up for people. Assuming you're not a big video game person, which, since you listen to a podcast about comics, is possible. Uh, Mortal Kombat, series of video games developed by NetherRealm Studios. They have been around since 1992, I believe. They actually are credited as one of the games that led to the creation of the video games rating board, the ESRB. And they are, especially in recent years, some of the more prominent fighting games out in the fighting game community. Largely because of, A, the credibility of fucking, like, the legacy of Mortal Kombat, but then also because they've been really fucking good. Yeah, uh, from what I can tell, uh, 
outside of maybe some people really liking Dragon Ball Fighters, most other fighting games on the market haven't really been innovating the way Mortal Kombat has, except for maybe Smash Brothers, and that's not really the same thing. Yeah, Smash isn't really a... Smash is, like, on stage Evo, but it's not exactly a... It's not exactly a fighting game in the traditional sense. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, among the the big, well-known fighting game franchises like Street Fighter, Tekken, Mortal Kombat, even Marvel vs. Capcom, Mortal Kombat's kind of the only one that seems to have a real prominent presence, really, anymore. At least outside of fighting game communities. Yeah. And I also think... You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Injustice did a lot to bring people to Mortal Kombat also. A little bit. Yeah, like uh, like I said, before Injustice, there was a before like Injustice and especially before MK9, there was not a whole lot of people still talking about Mortal Kombat outside of Hey, man, remember Mortal Kombat was good? Yes. Because at that point, Mortal Kombat switched from being a standard 2D fighter to this weird Tekken-style 3D rotating Lazy Susan kind of thing. But it was never built for that. So it was taking the mechanics and legacy of Mortal Kombat and trying to force it into a Tekken-style game. Which doesn't really work. No, no, no. Yeah, so MK9 was a return to form, and... The biggest innovation that NetherRealms did was they introduced a real story mode into fighting games. Because up until that point, fighting game storylines were, all right, you fight this ladder of nine guys, then get an, then get an enemy based on what character you chose. MK9, you went chapter to chapter playing as specific characters, playing out a real story that was actually written. Yes. And so using all the lessons they learned from that, they then went, NetherRealms then went to Injustice. With the same with the same like idea of like how Mortal Kombat does combo moves and everything. Um with the same story structure of we have a we have a planned out story, you're gonna play with these individual characters for a chapter, like fucking five or six fights, then move to someone else throughout the entire roster. Yeah. And Although they did have to uh do the they did have to do a kind of funny workaround for the yeah, should Superman just literally knock Batman's head off if he punched him with the intent to kill him? We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing they did was they added a, a button that was essentially just specific character powers. Like you hit a button and then Batman fucking summons a bunch of little robot bats. You hit the other button and then you hit a button with the flash and like time slows down because you're moving so fast. You hit, you, hit a button with, you hit the button with green arrow, he fires a green arrow. Yeah. You hit a button with uh, Aquaman and he and a shark eats you. Yeah. All kinds of shit like that. And so that game came out and it had its story and people dug it because it was a story that while that, that the story was kind of the thing that drew a lot of people into that as well as the characters and that kind of helped propel Mortal Kombat a bit more as we then lived in MKX, which is a great game. I fucking love that game. Hey, for MK11. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about fucking Injustice. So, the story for Injustice. Hold on to your fucking socks. It's about to knock him off. What if Superman was evil? Okay, yes. And I want to 
clarify something that's going to come up a couple of times later. When we say Superman is evil, we don't mean either, oh, this is like the Injustice gang where parallel universe where the Justice League was always evil and the guys we thought were villains were always good guys. This ain't all true. Uh, yeah, or that uh, Superman has been corrupted by like red kryptonite, black kryptonite, or rainbow kryptonite or something and no. something is affecting his mind or he's been mind controlled. No, this is the Superman we know, voiced I think by Tim Daly, I think. Yeah, probably. In the, yeah, because it's most of the well-known voice actors breaks character and kills someone because, well, specifically the Joker, because the Joker forced him to do something tragic, but also so ludicrous, I was having trouble buying it. I was down with it. Yeah, that's, uh, okay, I'll, I'll get to this complaint again later, but it's it's just, this is one of the less points where it less bothers me, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, in this alternate reality, because of a plan by the Joker, Superman killed him and then began the process of taking over the world. Yep. By the time we come in, in, t- in terms of the actual story, Superman has ruled the world for a number of years and is now the leader of the regime, a... Either fascist or totalitarian dictatorship with Superman as the supreme leader. There are literally stormtroopers out there in black, like hell gassed masks, running around fucking just stripping everyone of their rights. They just there are giant red banners with the fucking regime symbol emblazoned across. If you do anything against fucking Overlord for Life Superman, then you die. And that's where we jump into the game. In the comics, we start at a more detailed layout of what happened before he killed the Joker, when he killed the Joker, and then the five years in between then and the beginning of the game. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what we're going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing years one through five of the Justice comic, which was at the beginning. Has its up and downs, but ultimately comes out as a solid read that I think we can recommend. Yeah, um, just it. We will. There will be some caveats that we'll be discussing. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to put it. I just oh, this one is. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Okay. I, I, I'll ultimately give it a recommendation, but there are so many caveats I almost don't want to. <laughs> yeah, Bernie has a bit more of a problem with year one than I think I do. Year one, year two, year three. Oh, sorry, not year one, injustice one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't mean just, I don't mean just year one, I mean injustice the, all the years. And yeah, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's fucking flawless. There are problems that we will be discussing. It's just the high moments for me help offset those a bit more, and some of the low moments aren't as low for me as they are for Birdie. Well then, let's fucking get into it. 
Yeah, do you want to try to explain the story of this? Because I can tell you the broad beats, but there's so much in the middle of it that I'm just like, what? Yeah, sure, I can try. Yeah, please, please do. Alrighty then. So, we'll start with year one. Just kind of going from there. So, year one is the very beginning of things. It is, it is fucking... Superman kills the Joker and then begins his slow decline that is hastened by Wonder Woman into setting up his totalitarian regime and Batman starting the insurgency trying to stop him. Uh, And again, Wonder Woman aside, this was a particularly strong thing. This was a particularly strong part of the story for me that kind of fell apart as things progressed because every every good character moment in this was then immediately offset by that just being ignored in the following chapters. Yeah, and this, so, okay, and this is the way I put it to Dead Man when I was kind of unintentionally ranting to him about this. There are so many good character moments that are tied into something that is so structurally flawed that you can't help but see the seams. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, a moment everyone likes to bring up uh, when Alfred kicks Superman's ass. Yes. Brilliant moment, emotional scene. uh, But there's some emotional whiplash before Alfred kicks Superman's ass that is like, what? (laughs) Because that's just to to, to, let me show you that. So the panels are Bruce, super, what is Superman's like. Bruce, you can't have a way to hurt me, so I'm going to break your back like Bane and then torture you to tell me to see you tell me where the drugs are. At which point, Batman points out, you know, you're literally torturing me for information. At which point, Superman's like, "What? Well, I didn't mean to." Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Bruce. How's your back? Are you okay, buddy? Yeah. Which point, Alfred just fucking breaks his nose with his forehead. Yeah. Which we should also get into a bit more. So along with the actual buildup of the, the regime and the insurgency, they also introduced the core conceit of both the comic and the game as to how any of this is possible. Yeah, because uh, and I don't know if you noticed this, but almost almost all the people on Batman's side in Injustice, aside from the regular Justice League brought from another universe, are non-powered people. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, everybody with powers was like, Yes, I'm cool being the new Nazis. Yeah. So anyway. In the story. I I wonder if that's because of the creator, Ed Boon, uh, his history with Mortal Kombat. Because if you look at Mortal Kombat, a lot of the good guys are people who might have some slightly superhuman abilities, but they tend to be the more normal people, whereas the superpowered beings are all evil. I, I can see where you're coming from, but it does fall apart a small bit when one of the more powerful beings in the world, Raiden, is kind of like trying to find yeah. a parallel there. Yeah, but Raiden is like such a... he. Okay, but in later games, it's not as much of an issue, but in the early games, Raiden is such like, you all must do it because reasons. I'd ask that when, I'd ask that when you mock... Uh, Raiden later you do the Christopher Lambert voice 
<laughs> Bye. <Sorry. laughs> anyway, so the fucking core conceit of these goddamn games is Superman, along with the help of Lex Luthor, because in this universe, Superman and Lex Luthor are buddies. For part of the game. <laughs> yeah, well, they start out as buddies. Like in the pre- yeah. Bad thing happening, which we fucking actually need to say what it is. I don't. I don't. I don't know when. We, I don't know why we started like dancing around that yeah, issue. Okay, so we, I mean, mainly because we are we are yeah. we are ger- we are going off in different directions every goddamn second. We need to much like the story. Magic okay, pills. So yeah. fucking Superman and Lex Luthor. They develop using Kryptonian technology pills that quote unquote enhance muscle fiber and bone density in order to give people near Superman level strength. Which to me sounds like it was taken from um, Grant Morrison's, uh, or no, it was, was not it was it Grant Morrison's uh, All Star Superman? Was that was he who wrote that? Uh, yeah, that was Grant Morrison. Yeah, where uh, as a birthday gift, Superman gave Lois a way to have his abilities for a day. Yeah, this is when he was dying of cancer, but not. Yeah, Grant Morrison's weird. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah, Clark and Lex developed pe- uh, tech that allowed people, a drug that allowed people to give themselves Superman-level physical abilities. Yes. And that is why and that's why Batman can punch Superman, and Superman can punch Batman, and neither of them die. But doesn't explain how, what happened to Green Arrow's bow. Because it's still just a bow and arrow. Yeah. So. Although I do admit having Green Arrow in the game because of the comic now feels much more impactful than it did in the game because of what happens to Ollie yeah, yeah, in we'll, the comic. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Because it actually happens in year one, I think. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to let you handle the story because I'm I'm incapable, apparently, of approaching this in a structural manner just because it's Oh, so... yeah. That, I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> so the story. Superman finds out Lois Lane is pregnant. And this is all handled really, really well. Like, so we should just say first three. So the first three years of this were written by Tom Taylor. Uh, the writer then changed going into year four and five. What we'll mention that is when we get there. Uh, but yeah, so Peter uh, Clark, why did I say Peter Clark finds out Lois is pregnant. Starts well be, uh, because this kind of stupid shit usually happens to Peter. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> so yeah, Superman finds out Lois Lane is pregnant and freaks the dick out. Just holy shit, I'm gonna be a dad. And then goes and tells his fucking best buddy Bruce, who already knows because Clark He's wears bad. his fucking emotions on his sleeve like a fucking dumbass. No. T- to quote. Uh, Bruce from later in the story. I knew you had a kid. It was just 50-50 whether it was a boy or girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, they're all getting happy and stuff, but because they're so happy, that means the universe has to do something equally terrible to them. So, Lois gets kidnapped by the Joker, who, in the process of doing so, also suits Jimmy Olsen in the fucking face. Because, you know, uh, they wanted to set up for how awesome that would be in Batman versus Superman. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so he kidnaps Lois uh, and takes her to and takes her on a submarine off the coast of Metropolis, where he does. Because why not? Yeah, yeah. Where he do, where he begins operating on her, 
Superman then flies in, gets fucking dosed in the face with something, and then sees. I, do- I believe it's. I, I'm, fear getting, gas. I'm getting. I'm okay. getting there. Okay. Gets dosed with something, and then fucking sees Doomsday in front of him. So grabs Doomsday, busts him through both fucking lay- all the layers of the goddamn submarine, and up into the upper atmosphere. And that is when Lois Lane apparently dies. Because he was dosed with a combination of the Scarecrow's Fear Toxin and Kryptonite. Which made him see Lois Lane as Doomsday. So she dies. And the baby dies. And then when they die, a dead man switch goes off and sets off a nuke in Metropolis. Yeah, so, you know, just one, two, kicking the dick. Yep. Which, if that switch was going to go off, you'd think it'd go off. you think it would have gone off. When he flew her at, like, Mach whatever through a submarine? Yeah. But let's... Those those re- details are relatively minor compared to some of the other weird shit that happens, so let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, so, Metropolis is nuked. Clark is mad. Wonder Woman is horny, probably. Yeah, let's not get to her yet, please. <laughs> yeah, so... So Bruce is interrogating Joker. He's like, what the fuck happened? Where did the bomb? That's this, this, that, and the other thing. Why'd you do it? And Joker's reasoning is, I fought you, Batman, for so many years. I didn't, I wanted an easy win. And it was easy. Like beating a kitten to death with a puppy. Because, you know, if, if, even when uh, the story is about the emotional turmoil of Superman, you know, we still have to suck Batman's cock. Naturally. I mean, it's there. I mean, it's there for a reason. Uh, so Superman flies in, but breaks the walls down, and then rips out Joker's heart. Fucking fatality style. Yeah. And it is much more gory. Like, they show this, this scene in the game, but it is so much more gory at the comic. <laughs> yeah. Like, like in, in the game, we get, like, glowing-eyed, glowing-eyed mad Superman. Pull back. Batman going, oh! And then... Cut to black with squish noises. In the comic, his his hand, his arm goes through him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Batman's fucking face. Just all and all. Yeah. I, I should also mention, before continuing further, uh, this book had a rotating uh, stable of artists. So, yeah. So it was never just one guy. Um, some of the artists listed, uh, some of the artists that I see listed here, um, Jeremy uh, Rapak, uh, Mike S. Miller, Bruno Redondo, Tim Derenick, and some others. Some of them better than others. To say the least. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I believe in this one when Superman goes out and tries to like take over Kondok. And... Black Adam rips off Cyborg's arm and you see his face and it's just this weird side mouth John Crichton looking thing. It's, oh, are you looking for this? Oh, that was bad. Yeah, and then or, from... Or just the uh, Superman's pissed face or rather Superman's I'm holding in a fart face when Batman accuses him of having Alfred murdered. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> so, after all that happens, Batman is understandably a bit miffed. Yeah, 
Superman then flies up to the fucking watchtower and the majority of the rest of this is just kind of him beginning his downward spiral again with Wonder Woman along for the ride as literally everyone who ends up working for him tells him, hey, um, maybe no. With the scene that kind of stand out, like, the kind of like standout scene that makes this, that kind of like makes that makes that whole point about in this thing is a chess game between between uh, Superman and the Flash. Yeah, because apparently in his thirty five years, Barry had never once learned, once never even thought to play chess. He then learns in thirty seconds. And that, that's a Flash thing. I can believe that. <laughs> and they get and they get into a game, and. Clark and Superman is like, hey, I want to stop all crime. And as they as they as they keep going on, the games get faster and faster and faster as Barry just gets better and better and better and keeps beating him over and over again. And every time he goes to beat him, he then adds to that next step because that's what this all is. It is, oh yeah, so anybody who's a murderer, we kill him. Then anybody who then anybody who steals. Then anybody who then anybody who speeds, then anybody who doesn't wear their seatbelts, then smokers, then this and they just and just like showing that very easy slope of justification of we need to make the world safer, so we're gonna get rid of everything that makes it unsafe, including the benign things that aren't actually a problem. Yeah, and I my reaction when I talked about this with Dead Man was. Deadman goes, this is where Flash points out how stupid Superman's plan is. At which point I saw it, which is why Flash ends up with Superman. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the dumbest fucking thing. It is the dumbest goddamn thing. And it's... And it's the, the, the stupidity is compounded later uh, in the chapter where when they're starting to ramp up... Um, like, okay, okay, so for a while at least, Superman... And his cohorts, oh evil, are trying to like mask their actions through like subterfuge or like lack of public presence. Yeah. But eventually, Super uh, Batman just gets Superman on camera doing some of the most awful shit, and it's the game is up at that point. So at that point, it starts ramping into crazy shit. Yeah, and and, yeah, like, the, and the scene I was specifically referencing is when a group in a foreign country is protesting what Superman and his part of the Justice League are doing. Uh, someone is injured and million gets million dollar babied, and Flash thinks to himself, "I could have saved this guy forty times in the time it took for his head to hit the rock that killed him." At which point, uh, an ambulance shows up, and Barry for some reason, goes to see the guy's workplace, at which point he discovers that he was a huge fan of The Flash. Oh, it wasn't his workplace, so... uh, Okay, I missed something. Yeah, so the guy, his name was Mitchell Davies. Okay. But he he preferred to be known as Galaxor. A man-made superhero. Another one, because, you know, the DC Universe is fucking full of them. Yeah, a bunch of people are protesting, like, saying, hey, it's, it's it's over in the UK. They're saying, hey, Superman, fucking cool it, dude. So then, so then, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the Flash show up and go. I go, yeah, leave or die, basically. So Galaxor steps up and says, "We're not, you will not fucking deprive these people of their God-given right of free speech." At which point, both Superman and Wonder Woman just fucking crush him and break his spine. 
at which point they at which point uh, they go to a at which point Flash talks to a doctor who I believe was like listed he talks to a doctor who had a connection to him uh who where he learns that this guy Mitchell had actually straight up volunteered to be a part of this experimental procedure to get to get superpowers solely because of the flash the flash was a huge inspiration for him uh, he had met him once at like a at like a signing or something or like the opening of like a, the flash museum or something and yeah, the Flash really inspired this kid and made him want to be a hero. So he did, and the Flash watched him get crippled. Yeah. Yeah. And at least that moment, no one was uh, unclear about the implications of what just happened. Because, uh, and this is a problem I was commenting on to Dead Man. Um, it, particularly Injustice 1 kind of walks this fine line between <clears throat> complicating the narrative beyond the what is basically Batman and the good Justice League versus the evil Justice League that is the game and kind of just like laughable justific- uh, explanation excuses for terrible actions. Yeah. Like, uh, so that scene... That's better, because like everyone involved understands what happens, understands the implications, and that works for what it is. But then there are scenes like, uh, and this is jumping ahead a little, I'm sorry, but actually it might have happened before this, I'm not sure, I can't remember the exact timeline, where uh, Green Arrow goes to... Um, what is it? Uh, the Fortress of Solitude... I can't remember what he was looking for. I know Batman sent him there for a reason. He sent him there to get the uh, pill. Okay, yes. All right. And he runs into uh, John and Martha Kent. Yes. Who are, being hit, who are being hidden there by Superman for their protection. So I believe that... Yeah, so that was in year one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit after this, but also a little bit before than what you're talking about is something that we should also probably mention. When Superman began building up his fucking regime... One of the first people Batman turned to was the president of the United States to tell him just, hey, fucking cool it with whatever dumb shit you're about to do. So the Superman, so then the fucking president sends fucking SEAL Team 6 and Mirror Master to go kidnap Clark's parents. You know, the smartest move. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fucking day. So they take his parents into a mirror world. <clears throat> Superman eventually breaks him out, takes him to the fortress where Batman is undergoing a plan a lot that's invo- that's involving um that's involving a like Ollie, Dinah, uh Catwoman and I believe Harley. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they're like we're going to get the fucking pill. Breaks in. Fuck. Kent's are here. Which point Superman shows up. Ollie fucking has one move. Shoots an arrow at him. It bounces off and hits his dad. Which then causes Clark to kill Oliver Queen. Because yeah, that's that's what they do. They Yeah. 
And I would have been fine with that scene if they didn't have a scene almost immediately after where Clark goes to Dinah at Ollie's grave and says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to beat your husband into a bloody pulp. Yeah, I didn't mean to punch that kind of happened. (laughs) I didn't mean to punch his human face as hard as I possibly could. Repeatedly (laughs) in front of my mom. And that's where I was getting into justifications for actions that if the series was smarter, like the series was trying to complicate it so that it doesn't portray one side. And this is some of this works like the scene where you see some of the shit Batman's willing to do to some of uh, Superman's uh, followers like Cyborg to get his point across is that's kind of dark shit. Yeah. But at the same time, those moments are often counterbalanced by moments where they try to not to sell Superman as the good guy, despite him having just beaten a man with no powers to a bloody pulp in front of his parents for the sin of accidentally firing an arrow into his dad's shoulder. Yeah. (laughs) And we do, this does sound like we're jumping around a bit. We are, but this is all still in year one. Yeah. I, we haven't even gotten to, uh, Okay, the big thing I think. Okay, if there's more, is there anything else you think is really worth mentioning in year one? I, there's it's mostly a lot of subterfuge in year one and some debates where Clark is trying to get Batman to see his side and Bruce is trying to tell Clark to calm down. Uh, yeah, there are there are a couple things I want to mention about still about year one. Okay, uh, the first is a really interesting scene that I that I hadn't really thought about when I'd read it, but. Billy Batson talking to Shazam, Captain Marvel. Okay, yes, I forgot that since so this was in year one. <laughs> yeah, this this is back when yeah this. How could you, how could you forget it was in year one? It was a character who ended up turning evil, having doubts about turning evil. Yeah, but like, I. Yeah, so Billy, uh, yeah, yes, Billy Batson, young Billy Batson, is going around interviewing people, asking them what they think about Superman. Because at this point, the regime has not reached regime levels yet, but it is still Superman doing the Superman 3 thing of give me all your nukes or you die. And so he is going around interviewing people, videotaping them, and asking, what do you think of Superman? And getting, as you would expect... A wide array of responses. Some people going, "Hell yeah, man! Fucking get rid of the nukes, kill all the bad guys." Woo! And people going, other people going like, "Yeah, we Nazis." And people in the middle going like, "I mean, I get it, but it still feels kind of weird." And then after interviewing all these people, Billy actually sits down in front of a mirror and has a talk with Captain Marvel. Like he switches back and forth between Billy and the Captain. Essentially to have a conversation with the wisdom of Solomon. Using his 10-year-old child logic brain. Because while kids are... Because like while kids aren't necessarily the greatest understanders of nuance, they, at, at, at least at Billy's age, have a relatively firm grasp of right and wrong. So it is... The wisdom of Solomon and all of the various things it takes in to be able to generate, to be able to like distill information down to the in that in that wisdom's mind, the most ethical thing. And then a ten-year-old going, "Killing people is fucking wrong." 
and essentially trying to convince this third party that is himself whether or not he should actually sign up with Superman or Batman. And that was fucking a really interesting scene. That yeah. is undone by years two through four, two through five, and Injustice Two probably. No, wait, no, no, he doesn't survive Injustice Two. No, no, he dies. <laughs> he gets holes burnt through his fucking face. Yeah. Injustice is. This is made by the people who make Mortal Kombat. This shit gets dark. Yeah. Although, not as dark as I really think it should have gone. Yeah, it, it is. It is a relatively. It, it, it's juvenile. kind of yeah, yeah. That's the word I was going to use. <laughs> well, to be fair, it is the people who made Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but um, the one where you can uppercut the one where you can uppercut a man's seven heads off. Yeah. All right. So go ahead and go through the rest of the moments you want to talk about from in just uh, year one because I kind of want to get to the Green Lantern War, for lack of a better term, in year two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Okay. Uh, so the other specific moment I do want to mention is, we we, talk, we talked about it a bit already, but Alfred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Specifically, specifically something that had been built up to that point. Yeah, there were a couple of scenes where Alfred was already starting to... I mean, Alfred's even got a stronger moral compass than Batman. So oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Al- Alfred was already not okay with some of the stuff Superman was suggesting, even when Batman was not openly opposed to him yet. Yeah, at, at like the very early side of things, um, when he was just beginning to ramp things up, he went and visited Bruce. Like Clark, Superman went to visit Bruce, and as he was leaving, um, Alfred calls. Alfred's like, "Oh, would you like some tea, Master Kent?" And Superman's like, "No, no, I'm just leaving." And please, you don't have to, you don't have to call me Master. And Alfred's like, "Good, let's make sure it stays that way." And that was fucking great. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later, um, as things are kicking off hard, um, Alfred writes him a list of like Alfred suggests like, "Hey, we need we need to like have a list of things to like essentially just grab and turn grab in case we need to bug out." And it all ends with it all ends with just saying, "Man, what would I do without you, Alfred?" He's like, "Like, how would I survive without you, Alfred?" And Alfred goes, "Oh, you wouldn't. That's why I'm the first thing on your list." <laughs> yeah which also leads uh, I can't remember if there's any other setup scenes but I just I remember the line at the end of the Alfred beatdown where uh, so Bruce has had his butt his ass broken by Superman Alfred comes in having taken the pills so that he can beat the ever loving shit out of Superman yeah headbutts and breaks his nose beats his head into the bottom of the thing screaming you don't get to hurt my family anymore yeah and then he picks up Bruce, and and he's like, and he's like, shall we be off, Master Wayne? And Bruce is like, did we get every? No, it's like every everything we need is already gone, sir. There's nothing worth saving here anymore. Yeah, as as Superman just gets up, blood pouring out of his fucking face. Yep. Yeah, and the last big individual scene we kind of need to talk about is Dick. Because that happens in year one. Say that again, you cut out. Dick. Right, yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other big Bat Family moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh. <laughs> so Dick Grayson dies. Yeah. In one of the most non-showy ways possible. Yeah. In fact, this uh, and okay, so a running trope that occasionally I found kind of ridiculous but occasionally works that I liked here is a lot of people die by accident. Yeah, it's one of the if if they had kept more things more along this line, then a lot of their justifications would have would have not been as bad as they are. Yeah. Because because Damian Damian Wayne kills Dick and he does it 100% by accident. Yeah. Yeah, so the regime, Superman and his crew, crew, they head to Arkham Asylum to take every to take every inmate out of it and do what they will do with them. Batman not having it. Dick Grayson nope. also not having it. Damien kind of down for it. Yeah, which you know, son of Rachel Gould. Well, yeah, that's how gr- the, grandson of Rachel Gould. That's how he do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damien has yet to have his has yet to have any kind of like nobody or John Kent relationships in his life to make him not shitty. Well, less shitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he is still as introduced piece of garbage, Damian Wayne. Yep. Yeah. So as and as they're fighting, uh, Dick is there doing his regular thing, and that pisses off Damian. I don't remember the exact dialogue or what happened, but it was it was one of those moments of Dick does something that is entirely within Dick Grayson's character, and Damian goes, "You fucking putz." So Damian throws an extra stick at him. He hits him in the back of the head. He gets a bit woozy, falls over, and Million Dollar Babies himself on some rubble. Instantly dies. Yeah. And that is one of those one in a million, no one could have predicted it, terribly tragic accidents that kind of works. And in the context of the whole story, those scenes would feel much more tragic if they didn't keep trying to pull the oops accident death in increasingly impossible to believe ways later on. Yeah. Particularly from a certain... We'll get there. Amazonian. (laughs) We will get there. (laughs) Yeah, and that is... That is arguably one of the best scenes kind of in the entire run. Yeah. Because... It feels like a scene... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because it all works. Like even, like 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 for one thing, everybody in the scene, they are not so far gone that they don't understand what just happened, and yeah. treat it like with the respect that it needs. And even Damien understands what he did and is just fucking almost broken over it. Yeah, and it is. It has the. It has like the. Perfect bit of like it is it, that is one of the better emotional scenes in in Injustice One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would, in fact, Injustice. While there are great moments at other points throughout the series, some that are just, like tragic in other ways, like uh, what happened to Renee Montoya. Yeah. I feel like uh, as they get closer and closer to the inevitable end point uh the believable tragedy starts disappearing in the face of just sheer ludicrousness <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's fair <laughs> but anyway year two 
Not yet. Oh, Final thing. Got... All right. Fucking Harley Quinn. Say that again. You severely cut out. <laughs> Fucking Harley Quinn, dude. Oh, just in general. Okay. Just in yeah, general. Okay. There is no one specific scene okay. with her because she is the character who makes it out the best in Injustice. Yeah. Well, given her ties to the major characters involved in this tragedy, she is the one who arguably is the most capable of guilt and thus has the worst crisis of conscience of any character in the series. <laughs> yeah. Because as bad as everything that Superman and the regime do over the course of this comic and the ensuing game, it people could easily argue that what Harley Quinn helped Joker do was worse on just a single event level. Yes. But she is also aware that what she did was horrible. And she can't live with herself anymore, but she's trying. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's one of the earliest bits of like, like a very early bit is pretty much directly, directly before we get the reveal of what actually happened. Uh, like Joker, Joker reveals that he knew that she was pregnant, at which point Harley's like, at which point you actually see Harley's face like physically drop of like, wait, she was pregnant? Implying that like she didn't have full understanding of what was actually happening. Yeah, which between in a which abusive relationship, yeah, that would happen. Yeah, and then over the course of year one, especially, uh, she begins like kind of we, we begin learning more about her and more about uh, like her life and the abuse that she that the abuse that was that she had at the hands of Joker, specifically about her kid. Because yeah, Harley Quinn is a kid, but Harley Quinn had the Joker's kid, and. There was a point where, she, like, she was talking about it, and she is talking about her kid, how she, power kid, lives with her sister, and that she enjoys toy cars and tutus and putting tutus on toy cars. Yeah, and and how when she was pregnant, she actually just straight up left because the because the pregnancy would just distract the Joker. She gave birth, gave it to her sister, came back, and the Joker didn't even realize she had left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and all of this kind of comes as she is developing a deeper relationship with Green Arrow and Dinah. Because like yeah, she cuz they, they they the two the three of them kind of spend a lot of time together and they develop like an actual for realsies friendship. At least in Harley Quinn's mind. Yeah. And it's fucking great, man. She is, Harley Quinn is the fucking best thing in Injustice to me. Like, as a character. Yeah, and what and isn't there a scene, and I'm, if I'm grooming correctly, isn't there a scene in Injustice where uh, Harley's talking retroactively about what happened to Shazam? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Whatever, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot to talk about, man. Yeah. But yeah, and so... That's year one. Going into year two, things begin scaling up. Superman has essentially taken over the world for a year. And because of this, beings, other cosmic beings, specifically the Guardians of the Universe and the Green Lantern Corps. They're like, uh, how about no? <laughs> yeah, they're just like, hey, fucking problem. 
Uh, Kyle Rayner is the first one to kind of like come back and try like try to find out what's going on, but then Sinestro does some fucked up shit to him. Yeah, Sinestro be Sinestro. Yeah, and <laughs> to quote Plastic Man, you have a guy with an evil mustache working for you. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, Sinestro is kind of my other favorite character in this. Just because, okay. just because, like from beginning to end. I understood who he was. I understood what his motivation was, what he was doing, and everything that he did made sense within what I understood of his character. Yeah, well, no, I mean, uh, Injustice does not, okay, the the game's less so, but the comics, for the most part, understand who these characters are, and the fact that Tom Taylor was able to ring such a strong emotional story out of a story that, as I told Deadman, feels a little forced. Yeah. Is a testament to his character writing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, going into year two, still with Tom Taylor, this is the Green Lantern side of things. The Green Lanterns, they they have seen Don't. what they have seen what is happening, specifically um well specifically Hal Jordan has kind of begun to fall by the wayside. Uh, Sinestro is embedding himself into a seat of trust and power within the regime. And the other Lanterns don't know what's happening. And when I say other Lanterns, I mean, well, the main Lanterns. The good Lanterns. Yeah. Yeah. John Stewart, Guy Gardner. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of tragic moments, what happened to Guy? Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, like I didn't think I was a fan of Guy Gar of Guy Gardner, and then that happened, and I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, man. Fuck. People get fucked here, man. <laughs> yeah. So, sister. So, yeah. I'm just trying to reorient myself here. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> This thing is going to be packed with emotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. As things are getting worse on Earth, like I said, the things are beginning to ring out and the Guardians send down a couple, send down like a couple of like, you know, the, the Earth Guardian, the Earth Lanterns to see what's up. Simply Guy Gardner, he comes down and sees what is happening. Sees Superman begin to begin to like turn into whatever. Sees uh, fucking Sinestro there. Yeah, and flies off to go tell the flies off to go tell the Guardians. And Ganthet seems to be the only one that gives a dick because Ganthet is the only Guardian that isn't shit. Yeah, which was a minor digression to Injustice to a line that I found kind of funny. Uh, so Hal Jordan is redeemed in that game, and uh, a line Hal Jordan says to Batman to get him to go along with him is like, you might not trust me, but you trust the Guardians and what this ring stands for. I was like, no, I don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would. No one trusts the Guardians. The Guardians are the worst. In fact, most Green Lantern books are about how the Guardians' very existence has fucked the universe. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much the only Guardians who are ever worth a damn are Ganthet, kind of that evil one, Krona, 
and the guardians who were never the guardians were just kind of hanging out in void space. Every third guardian was fucking straight up evil. More evil than the evil one. Yeah. But yeah, so as things are getting fucking worse and worse on Earth, uh, Ganthet and eventually a, and a, and a fucking gaggle of lanterns begin to descend on Earth to try to get Superman to stand down with a show of force, including bringing Mogo to the living planet. Yeah. Which that's a that's a fucking thing and a half. Yeah, I should. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to get into that kind of logic. So whatever. <laughs> oh, what? Wait, if Mogo got into Earth, any anywhere near Earth, everyone would just die. The, yeah. Yeah, no, this comic book, comic book, dude. <laughs> the Green Lantern <laughs> Ring stabilized Earth gravity. Gravity. <laughs> that's why they were so shit in the fight. <laughs> so. Yeah, so this this all happening, um, and as the as the lanterns are beginning to get things going, uh, Batman has has his remaining gaggle of dudes, as well as bringing in the remnants of the GCPD. Yeah, specifically, uh, specifically, like the main ones we follow are the ones you would expect: Gordon Bullock and Montoya. Yep, and this is when the this is when the uh, green pills begin. Really getting their dissemination just to fucking everybody. Yep. And yeah, so it's essentially a two front army with uh with the insurgency running guerrilla tactics, uh, trying to just like hack in, get in, get information, and try to do everything they can to show the world what Superman has actually become, and try to remove any kind of like support or power that they have. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, the lanterns are just, we need to just stop this. We need to fucking go and stop this. And Superman is continuing to just get worse and worse. Yeah, he's in full no-give as a fucked mode, considering what happens to Mogo and Ganthet in this fight. <laughs> yeah, 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 Ganthet. Ganthet gets fucked. Uh, Chip gets fucked, the squirrel. yeah. Yeah, the squirrel. Uh, yeah, the squirrel. Fucking lantern. He's there doing what he does, and then all of a sudden, fucking one of the Sinestro Corps just spears him through the chest. In one of the most emotionally framed and drawn deaths I've seen of a squirrel. Yep. And this leads to a big old fucking war where everyone's fighting everybody. Uh, fucking Sinestro is doing what he does and trying his best to. Trying his best to like worm Hal Jordan over to the Sinestro Corps. And succeeds. Oh yeah, totally. Hal, it was incredibly easy this way. Yeah. Because um and this is another thing I mentioned to Dead Man as I was talking about this book. Um a problem with this series characterization wise is that when it was being written, the new fifty two was what was up around. Yeah. And as anyone who has read Jim Lee's New 52 Justice League comic would know, it is just a font of great characterization. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. You're strong. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not finishing it. I'm not going to finish it. 
Because that, I'm afraid that single pair of lines might have overly determined the way a certain character acts. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, so the, the, suffice to say, the the, the Lantern Corps loses <laughs> hard. <laughs> Everyone gets fucked. All the lanterns ha- have to fucking surrender and actually just all give their rings. So. Superman now just has a now just has the entire Lantern Corps rings just hanging out. Yep. Keeps him in a fucking gun cabinet. Which you'd think any of the fucking lanterns could just go, Hey Ring, come over here. Yeah, well that's an if you also going back to New Fit 2, if you remember the way they characterize the lantern rings, apparently you can just take them off. Yeah, just if they lose concentration for even a second, just whoop, mine. But then if you go back to New 52, if you then think about it a bit, the ring just flies back to you no matter where it is. Uh, and you're telling me the ring can't get out of a fucking sheet metal cabinet? No. That's perforated? Because, you know, it, it's not the most powerful weapon created by using ancient alien technology in the known universe. It's just fancy. It's like it's like it's like you get it from an alien cracker jack box. Yeah. It's like, oh sweet, I got a power ring. Oh, it's a green one. I wanted orange. Ah, but yeah. So Green Lantern War. This is all happening. As this is all happening. Um if you remember the insurgency go out and try to fucking do something, anything. And as they're doing this, Superman in what is supposed to be his lowest moment joins the Sinestro Corps. Not unlike a, hey, I'd like to join the Get the Ring. No, just because because of how power rings work. Clark, you are yeah. someone who can yeah. who can instill great fear. Here, have a yellow lantern ring. <laughs> yeah, you just flew onto him and just fucking, ah, I got it. And as that happens, there's Dinah, ready to fucking ready to fucking kill Superman. Or at the very least, just, or at the very least, destroy his, she fucking blows out all of his fucking orifices. Yeah. Because, yeah, super strong, fucking resonant frequencies is still a thing. You get good enough, get good enough decibel frequencies, it's just, everything just turns to fucking liquid. But it doesn't work super great, because Superman fucking laser beams are in the fucking womb. Yeah. That's an image I didn't want to remember. Yep. But it does kind of work at the end, because turns out Dinah had a fucking fucking uh, camera. Uh, camera. Uh, yeah, she had camera lenses. That was what... Uh, that was how Superman's evil was finally revealed to the world. Yeah, she had like, ca- yeah, she, she had camera contact. Yeah, she had camera contact lenses, which were recording everything that was happening, broadcasting up to the watchtower where Commissioner Gordon had taken that bitch over and was using to broadcast that video to everyone on Earth. Yeah, which got him killed by cyborg by boom tube gun to the head. Wasn't that? I thought I thought he just I thought he was just up there and then died of cancer. I thought cyborg killed him. No, from what I remember, um, yeah, from what I remember, uh, he went up there. Luther was up there. Luther took out Cyborg, brought him to the teleporter, and then he stayed behind as 
the watchtower shut down because the green pill made his cancer super aggressive. Okay, yeah. The, the only thing I remember about Jim Gordon's death is the that he was on the phone with Barbara while it was going on. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, that was the best part of it. Yeah. Best part of it for me was when he just straight up fucking just screamed at Barbara, I know fucking everything. I'm a goddamn detective. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, in this world, in, in, in Justice World, Jim Gordon knew Barbara was Batgirl, knew she was Oracle, and knew Bruce Wayne was Batman from the fucking jump. Yeah. Which is great. That's a thing that has been like alluded to in a few different Batman comics. It's never been like fully admitted to, and it's something I fucking love. Because yeah, Jim Gordon, he's a fucking cop and a good one. You can put fucking two and two together. <sighs> yeah. Uh, from there, Gordon's dead. Uh, the underground. Goes underground. Superman rips off the Sinestro Corps ring. Hal officially joins the Sinestro Corps. And also kills Guy Gardner in just like a real fucked up way. Yeah. And that's the, and that's right after he accepts the Sinestro Corps, which is why I love that Guy Gardner is basically Hal's Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like 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 they're fly, like they're fucking flying away to like go take fucking how go take fucking guy to you know Earth jail or whatever, and he's just talking to he's just talking to Hal, this guy just saying like, come on, man, you can still fu- you can come back from this, like yeah, like, yeah, bad things are happening, but you can still be the fucking best of us. And Hal just rips off his arm and drops him as he's just, <laughs> and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good God. They do. Tom Taylor does not like the Green Lanterns. No. And Ed Boon doesn't like Wonder Woman. I, we're going to be addressing that in the next chapter. Okay. Because that is one of the moments that you have specifically texted me about and with your ire. Yes. <laughs> And we'll get into that in just a second. I'll be right back, everybody. Just got a thing, and then we can get right back into it. All right, back, everybody. Sorry about that. So, year three. This is where the focus of the story shifts ever so slightly. Because up until now, it has been largely focused on our main players. Like, we get Batman Eternal Monologue, Superman Eternal Monologue, Wonder Woman occasionally flash for that one issue. Just focusing on our main players. We then shift over a little bit to John Constantine. You know, DC's favorite character. (sighs) Yeah. Who... Much like the ones we mentioned, ones like the ones we already like kind of highlighted earlier, also spends this entire thing and ends up coming out relatively unscathed as just him being John Constantine. Because in spite of all of the like actual plot things happening, year three, the entirety of it is just a scam. Just a fucking Constantine con. Anyway, 
with year three, we start getting more into the magical side of things because now that terrestrial threats have been dealt with, extraterrestrial threats have been dealt with, we now need to move on to extra planar stuff. And the magic side of things begin to get fucking weirded out by the fact that Superman is doing what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> as, as a side of that, that this isn't... Uh, although there's t- the God of War is afraid of Superman. <laughs> yep. And, and more specifically, afraid of what Superman and Wonder Woman will do together. Yeah, because he's afraid of the babies it. they'd make. Because that is the thing that we have alluded to but haven't really mentioned. Wonder Woman and Superman and this are in a... For the most of it, they're in a bit of a will-they-won't-they-fuck, which with the with the thing obviously leading to, yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's... They... that. <sighs> Because fucking Netherrealms was like, yeah, we want to have him fuck. And Tom Taylor is like, okay. It's contract work, man. I'm getting fucking paid. Because that is another thing that just kind of hangs over this entire series. Is that, like, good, bad, whatever, whatever you actually think of it. This is all someone writing to fit someone else's creative vision. Yeah, this is Tom Taylor writing what he can, creating what stuff he can within the framework of what Ed Boon laid out for the game. Yeah. Which is the where most of the big, big problems come in, because most of the characterization problems come from the fact that everything has to end up where Ed Boon wants it for the game, where he just decided that the spirit of truth and Barry Allen... Like, I'm... Okay, so in the context of the New 52 characterizations, I'm more okay with, like, Hal... And like the Hawks, because they're kind of more dickish in the New Fifty Two universe, particularly yeah. Hal. But even in the New Fifty Two, Barry is arguably almost, if not more, of a Boy Scout than Superman. And Wonder Woman is supposed to be a spirit of compassion and truth. Uh... Yeah. And I mentioned it, but fucking Captain Marvel, man. Yeah, yeah, him too. Which uh, and and it's weird and it is weird in this case. I would have normally said, "Well, New Fifty Two, but Billy Batson's too nice a kid in this for this to be the New Fifty Two characterization." But <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, that is hundred percent fair. He, New Fifty Two Billy Batson's a bit of a cunt, but luckily, in a relatively recent issue that featured the fucking Marvel family, Billy Batson is back to being a fucking decent kid. And you got the rest of the Marvel family there, actually. Just totally fucking just every single one of his foster brothers and sisters, they all have Shazam powers. That's great. It's fun. Fucking dude. That, we got that movie coming out, too, that looks actually really good. Yeah, I, I am legitimately looking forward to seeing Zach Levi act like a little kid in a big man's body. <laughs> yeah. And fight fucking Mark Strong. Yep. Oh, I love that guy. Anywho. But, okay, so... I can't remember who Superman and Wonder Woman killed that got them on their side, but a major thing that happens in year three is uh, the 
Olympians going wanting to help Batman because of what happened to one of their own from because from Superman and Wonder Woman. So that's year four. Oh, it is. Yeah, year four oh, is the oh. entirety of the Olympian fight. Okay, I guess I'm I'm jumping ahead too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, year three is hanging out in the Tower of Fate, getting getting Detective Chimp. Work with Constantine, and then Mister Mixes Pit like fighting Trigon. Yeah, and then that one death. And that dream. Yes. So i I talked about this more than I probably should have with Dead Man yesterday, but um, okay. So in an attempt to since. Uh, since uh, Kryptonite is not always an option, uh, Superman was hoping uh, just at, it enlisted John Constantine to use some magical means to take down Superman non-lethally in a more permanent way, which involved what was the na- I know it was a sleep spell, but what was the exact nature of the spell? Since John was like, nah, I don't want to do it. It's, it's kind of dangerous magic that. <laughs> uh, I don't think they ever fully addressed like what that actually was. Um, yeah, it's essentially the Black Mercy, but just in like a snort form. Yeah, so they put Superman into a magically induced trance. Well, first they put, first they put Wonder Woman in it. Oh yeah, yeah. They tested on Wonder Woman as she gets fucking downed and out, and as she and like and like so she's in a coma for for most of this story. For this, for this part of the story. Yeah, she's yeah. in a coma for most of year three. Until you get more towards the end of it, at which point uh, Superman gets put down with, with the same stuff. And Ares wakes up Wonder Woman. At which point she flies off. And what this stuff does is, like I said, like I said the Black Mercy. Where you go into a dream of the ultimate fucking thing of like, hey, this is, the, this is your... This is your fantasy. This is where everything that is best works out great for you. Woo! And in Superman's dream, he didn't have to kill the Joker. Batman did. Yeah. And originally, the reason I thought this was Black Mercy is because it seemed like one of those, um, you know, great uh, dreams of everything good that can happen and uh, a great fantasy that you would want to live in. And this is very much... Even if it's a good fantasy, it's an evil fantasy because it basically implies that Superman's greatest dream is, look, Bat- Bruce, if you just killed the Joker, everything would be fine. <laughs> yeah, that is... It's one of those things that like, when you think about it for a second, you realize just how kind of far gone Superman is. Yeah. Where she... Where he as like... His ultimate fantasy, his like, is, like the dream... That the dream that everything is like fucking so dope uh, is is like hey is like is like everything would be great if only Batman had done this so I didn't have to I'm only down this path because Batman wouldn't do it and also quick thing that I believe is 
important that I actually just notice as I'm reading up, as I'm just reading up on stuff to like remind myself. Uh, she'd been in a coma since the end of year one. Wonder Woman had been in a coma since since hmm. Captain Adam nuked. Okay, I did not remember that. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the end of that, uh, as they're like Captain Adam was the one fighting Superman at the North Pole before everything went to shit. And yeah, as as they're fighting, Wonder Woman just fucking hits him with a sword, breaking his fucking suit. He's like, and he just he just looks at her just with a face, just like you fucking dumbass. And so, and so he, so they go like fly up into the fucking sky, and Wonder Woman gets caught in the fucking nuclear blast, and is I guess, and I guess put out further by all this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to avoid. I'm going to have a minor explosion. When we get to, okay, I gotta go do something right quick. You talk about some plot stuff. I gotta. I'll be back in a sec. Okay. And yeah, uh, just we we are running on this off of the best that our memories can because we don't really like we we've read this we have read this over the course of like a couple weeks together, not like together, but you know we've read it kind of kind of like coincidentally, like, not coincidentally. We've, we've read it around the same time, but it still is a lot of fucking issues that we're trying to recap all of without having to take any notes. Because we just decided to do this today. But anyway, yeah. So as so as they are, like, yeah, the insurgency is hanging out in the Tower of Fate. Uh, we got Batman, uh, Zatanna, Kate Kane, Batwoman, Batgirl, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Bobo. All of them, all of them, like working on some way to fucking try to try to take this out with magic, uh, which includes Batman signing a signing a deal with Etrick and the Demon. Because you know, of course, he would fucking do that. And all this eventually leads up to this big plan where both sides are fighting. Um, well, sorry, sorry, back up a little bit. Uh, it is revealed that uh, the Spectre. God's righteous judgment given semi-physical form has sided with Superman. He apparently has decided that he want that he is that Superman is in the right. That Superman is the is the will of God, and so he should follow him. And this leads to some conflict with the Phantom Stranger coming in and going, like, hey, fucking dude, stop. Like, we need to stop that need to stop this. All this is fucking happening. And then the Spectre kills the Phantom Stranger or Deadman, a.k.a. Uh, Boston Brand, trying to speak to Jim Corrigan, the human host of the Spectre, and Jim Corrigan not being there. So, the Spectre is there and he is the kind of biggest thorn in the insurgency side. Every time they go try to do something, this power even greater than Superman's Shows up and fucks what they're doing. And this all leads to a very, a very long thought out and weird plan where Raven, who had sided with the insert, sided with the regime, but the the insurgency had gotten a hold of her and we're just kind of keeping her in this magically, magically encapsulated little like warning circle. 
Uh, they, quote unquote, let her go for a hot second as she as she goes off. It's like, like help me, trying to trying to incur the wrath of her father, Trigon. Which works as Trigon, uh, as the, there's this big fucking fight in the Tower of Fate where Trigon shows up and tries to kill Superman. Which point the Spectre flies in and we learn that it's not the Spectre. It is Mixus Pitlick who gets into a big old fucking brouhaha with Trigon. Which then leads because to... Because why not? Pardon? Because why not? Yeah. Which then leads to this big old fucking like multi-stage fight where... Like the House of Mystery and another house that is like the House of Mystery, but not. As the two of them are just kind of like hanging out in this fucking field while the insurgency and well, the insurgency and regime people start fighting as up in the sky. A god and a devil are fighting each other. This is kind of the biggest, most direct confrontation they actually have in the series. Where everyone's fighting everyone. It's this big fucking insane shit that's just fucking popping off all over the place and then we get to the death where Wonder Woman whips her lasso around Huntress's neck and yanks breaking her neck and she's like wait what I didn't mean to do that I'm sorry yeah she 100% kills Huntress in a way that could be nothing other than intentional and she is immediately apologetic and like, oh God, what have I done? What monster have I become? And this is the death that Birdie had been texting me about the most when he actually reached it in the book. Is this uh, Huntress? Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and... This is actually even worse than I remember because I did not remember that an episode, a chapter or two before this happened, or maybe like literally right before this happened, uh, Wonder Woman got mad at Sinestro for shooting someone in the back and killing them. Yeah, yeah, that also happens. <laughs> yeah, they, despite them being a totalitarian, fucking tyrannical despot, whole that all that shit. Everyone in the regime gets weirdly hung up on fighting with honor. Yeah. Oh, you shoot him in the back. Of course you would, Sinestro. As as Diana's like fucking breaking someone's neck. Yeah, and like if if all and like if all of their actions, if they were literally trying to be a totalitarian regime while also trying to be adhering to some sort of code of honor, I might have bought it. But there are so many times where either they accidentally kill people and we're supposed to believe that, like, okay, so we we talked earlier about how believable and tragic the accidental death of Dick Grayson was. Um, they tried to pull that trick again with Wonder Woman wrapping the lasso of truth around Huntress's neck and tugging as hard as she can and that killing her by snapping her neck. And she's like, wait, 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 I didn't mean to, shit! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That and, happens. And I I have to check again, and 
according to Dead Man, uh, and he probably has this, as you can tell from this discussion, he has a slightly better memory about it than I do. Uh, Wonder Woman never, after this point, admits or suggests any level of remorse for those actions. Nope. (laughs) The most that happens is that later, Batwoman, being pissed about what happens to Huntress, kicks the ever-loving shit out of Wonder Woman. (laughs) And I really wish she had strangled her right there. But oh well. <laughs> I mean, she strangled her a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, it was like in like year four or five. Uh, Batwoman gets Wonder Woman on the ground. Four. Yeah, year four. Okay, yeah, four. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, Batwoman gets Wonder Woman on the ground. Gets the lasso around her neck and is just pulling as hard as she can, and then just stops. Because like then I'd be as bad as you. That old chestnut. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to complain about in a story where all of this is happening. Yeah, where already Wonder Woman and Superman had played uh, Wishbone with a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we're, this is where we're at. Yeah, and I just... There's all these... Okay, so another... And, uh, should I just do the Wonder Woman thing now or should I save it for year four? Uh... Year four, is, year 4 is a bit more Wonder Woman-centric, so we'll save it for then. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, with all, despite all this weird magical shit going on, Year 3 was kind of, uh... Eh? <laughs> yeah, Year 3 and 4 are kind of the weakest, because Year 4 especially... Like, Year 4 is the is one of the problems with Year 3, but amplified to a, to a ridiculous extent, where they're both kind of just one fight. Okay, uh... I didn't remember. Is Year 4 literally just entirely the fight between Superman and Wonder Woman that's like the trial by combat thing? Is that all of it? That is a third of it. Okay. The rest of it is the rest of it is the gods going, how dare you do this? Okay, bye. Well, to be fair, that is in line with the thinking of the Greek gods in the DC universe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely. But actually, that's that's the funniest thing. High Father from the New Gods has to come down and go, has to fucking come down from, from like fucking New Genesis. From New Genesis to yeah. tell to tell Zeus, like, dude, fucking chill. At which point Zeus is like, okay, bye. <laughs> but we'll get to year four. We still have we still have the dumb we still have the weird fucking comic book shit to deal with in year three, where. Mixes Pitlick and Trigon are fighting so hard they're warping reality. I mean, I get why that happens. It's just weird that it's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this whole fucking thing where where the two of them are so powerful when they're punching each other that reality is beginning to tear itself apart at the seams. And the only way to stop well, it yeah. mm-hmm. is to send young Billy Batson out into that fucking hellstrom and have him call down the lightning on top of them. Which he does, and it appears to work. As both of them just out. And turns out, all of this, the entirety of this fucking thing, was all a scheme by Constantine to get rid of Trigon, who had a claim over a part of his soul. Yeah, which is a totally a Constantine thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, like you said, some of the moments of characterization of this for the characters that are not... Okay. 
the characters that are not tied to what has to happen in the game come off the best. Absolutely. Like, like Harley Quinn is a weird uh, outlier in that case because her plot and her character arc is also built into the games. So that comes out the best out of literally anything. Yeah. But in general, particularly in Injustice 1, the characters that are not tied to the where they need to be in the game come out the best. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so that's year three. Hopping into year four, it is basically a fight. Starting out with uh, Renee Montoya fucking dying. Yeah, that scene made me feel sad, but I also... That was another one of those moments where they were trying to make me feel bad for Superman. <laughs> because he was like, wait, wait, I don't want to kill you. Your your body is not handling the green pills. Well, please, you have to stop this. And I was just like, it It was supposed to be like, okay, so the, for example, an earlier moment, like the moment where Batman uses a techno virus to shut down Cyborg and it's causing him immense pain. That was a moment where a decision Bruce made for the sake of the resistance seemed like, ooh, Bruce... Whoa, maybe don't do that. Well, no, actually, it was, it, was even, to... it was even worse than that. Because yeah. he implanted that virus the day he met Cyborg. Yeah, I know. They're, they're pulling the uh, Tower of Babel thinking. Yeah. Which, <laughs> understandable. Yeah. Not justifiable. Like, kind of justifiable, but also reprehensible, but understandable. Yeah. Like, the, re- the, the reason uh, Tower of Babel is reprehensible in the context of the normal DC universe is that because... We had seen no evidence that anything, aside from, you know, Clark getting mind-controlled every five seconds, would lead him to believe he needed to, other than his own paranoid thinking, would lead him to believe uh, he needed this level of uh, countermeasures prepared for his friends. Yeah. Although, he then discovered that he did need it because they wiped his memory and identity crisis, which led to the creation of Brother Eye, which also plays an important role in this comic, actually. (laughs) Yep. Fucking DC Comics, the Ouroboros of the industry. Uh, uh, but they they are trying to play this tragic moment of Bruce should stop fighting because people will die, and it, it, they're trying to play up Superman's compassion at this point to a degree that I don't believe. <laughs> Yeah, it also doesn't help when he's like, I don't want to have to kill you. Like, we know what Superman is. We know what actual compassion from that character is. Yeah. This is not even compassion from, like, a good person. Yeah, and see, that's another thing that gives the the flaws of the writing and the kind of juvenile nature of the narrative. Oh, They do it a little better in Injustice 2, but... If they had managed to sell the idea of Superman being able to be a compassionate dictator, that might have those scenes might have sold a little better. But he has already hulked out so many times by this point, so I just don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I forgot to mention. So we're into year four, and this has a switch. And this this is where we see a switch up of the writing team. So okay, now. Nah. Yeah, years one through three, like I said, were written by Tom Taylor. Years four and five are written by Brian Buccoletto. Who wrote um, uh, the New 52 Flash, right? 
yes. Okay, that's what I thought, which is an okay New 52 book. Yeah, I was confusing him for a second with Brian Azzarello. Yeah, no. That, he's the he's he's the one who wrote the okay Wonder Woman New 52 book. <laughs> yeah. Where Wonder Woman was great in that, but the Amazons were this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, anywho. Yeah, so it starts out, uh, Renee Montoya, she is drinking her ass off because injustices one through three have happened. Yeah. So she gets herself a bunch of these fucking green pills, hulks out, goes out into the street and takes Robin hostage and says, bring me Superman or I murder this child who is evil. Yes, but still. And yeah, she just starts fucking down these pills like fucking tick, like fucking tic tacs and hurts Superman a bit. Yeah, and then dies of a heart attack. At which point, the scene that I did not really buy the emotional weight of, where Superman says, "Tell me it's over, Bruce. If not, I'm going to kill you." Basically, and I more I guess as like a a strategic expedient than as a believable emotional moment Batman just says it's over and for some reason Superman believes him <laughs> Superman's a fucking idiot sorry evil yeah. Superman's a fucking idiot yeah just mm. so much of it this 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 year this year is the worst year of all of them yeah because five at least has like the triumphant strategic plan, the the it has the like final culmination of the storyline that leads to injustice, and it has some of the dark strategic plans. It has some really great character moments. Four fi- kind of feels like padding. Yeah, it's a, it's an entire year of this story that feels like a that feels like Dragon Ball Z filler. Ah. <sighs> So after that, uh, from there, it just kind of devolves into just more yeah. and more of the Greek pantheon of gods showing up and swinging their dicks. Yeah. And part of that is uh, a trial by combat between Superman and Wonder Woman. Yes, because in this that- world, in this universe... um. Wonder Woman is Zeus's daughter, which, if you're new to comics, hasn't always been. Yeah. That's a more recent thing. Yeah, so she is Zeus's daughter, and because of this, Batman was able to kind of, like, finagle a deal out where the trial by combat was essentially forcing Wonder Woman to join the god's side that was Batman's side. Just through the sheer fact that they are related by blood. Because, yeah, the gods are dicks like that. Yeah. But it's okay. I have no emotional investment in either character who's fighting to the death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Particularly. So, and here you go. <laughs> I'm going to just let you go. I'm going to go get a drink. <sighs> okay. So, uh, 
like I said, uh, the characters that have their backstories tied to where the game has to end up often come out the worst. And Wonder Woman in the Injustice universe arguably comes out worse than any of them since apparently what wonder what Ed Boon thought Wonder Woman needed to be was essentially a Sith Lord where if Darth if if evil Superman in this universe is Darth Vader then Diana is Emperor Palpatine and I don't know if that was intentional or not in the first one. It seems like from the second game they kind of try to make it less more intentional and less idiotic accidental writing. But <clears throat> okay. So the biggest defense I've heard of this leads to just a general annoyance I have with certain types of comic book fans where they just go, this doesn't have to make sense. It's an Elseworlds story. And that is bullshit. <sighs> okay. So, what needs to be... Un understood when you're writing an Elseworlds tale is what you're essentially doing is asking a what if question. You are and with a what if question what you do is you start from an established setting pose a a argument for an alternate timeline where one thing changes and you see what happens as a result of that change. And what people are basically saying, to give a sense of how much sense this makes, an equally sensible turn as what happens to Wonder Woman in the story would be, I never met Dead Man, so I was born an alligator. Well, I mean, you're in because, Louisiana. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, <laughs> it's just... I hate the argument that everyone makes about this dead man that it's an Elseworlds tale. She In this, she was just always evil, which I don't think is what this Elseworld is supposed to mean. It's not. It's supposed to be, like you said, <laughs> that one bad day. Yeah, and everything else is supposed to be the same, and then we see how it changes because of that one bad day. And I cannot buy that this character was ever Wonder Woman. Ever. Because basically, particularly in year one, her characterization is like, uh, it's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm Wonder Woman. And then Superman goes, we should kill people. It's like, yeah, okay. It's like, hey, we should kill people. Like, what do you say, Clark? It's just a sword's already in a guy. <laughs> and she's the one who often pulls the, uh, oops, accidental death thing the most, and her 
understandings of certain things are so laughable, it's kind of hilarious. Like, okay, I'm jumping forward a bit, but I don't... I just just for this one moment. Uh, it, it, it's just funny how often this keeps happening, because I don't want to spoil too much of Injustice 2 for you, because you haven't read it yet, Dead Man. But um, there's a scene where... Uh, uh, Diana finds uh, Cassie Sandsmark, uh, the Wonder Girl, who she thought was dead. At which point, um, Wonder Girl reveals to her that uh, Clark killed one of the Teen Titans and locked the rest of them in the Phantom Zone. And she's like, what? No! Just <laughs> <laughs> full happening? Just about, because she's like, Clark did that? I didn't know. What? Like, your didn't your know. friends are locked in the Phantom Zone? <laughs> I know. I had no idea. Yeah, and it's it's equally dumb when she's apparently shocked that Clark ordered Alfred's murder. <laughs> yeah, because he does that too in fucking in yeah in in year five. Yeah, and that's the moment where it, it, I just just like really, you really, really expect me to believe murder bitch is surprised by this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fucking. Oh, she is the worst. Everything she has done, you expect me to buy? Oh no, Clark! Did you maybe kill someone? Oh, perish the thought! Oh. I was like, oh my god, Clark! Did you kill someone? Zip. <laughs> yeah, or she's doing this while uh, she's stabbing a small child. Yeah, just <laughs> she's beating. Yeah, she's beating Hunter's death with Batwoman. Just like, oh no. I am so sorry for this, my former friends. If only situations yeah. were different. Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And it's like, it's a sign of how much, I mean, Dead Man's known this for months, because like, I've talked about this actually on the show before in the context of the incredibly stupid explanation for her uh, Injustice Origins, where she's like, what if Steve Trevor was secretly a Nazi? <laughs> what if he was a Nazi? But, um, it just, as a sign of how much I hate this character, I am going, once it comes out, I am buying the new Justice DC animated movie, Sight Unseen, just so I can hear Susan Eisenberg play Wonder Woman in a context that is not murder, bitch. <laughs> but just you wait, because they're still using the 52 writing. We'll see. I mean, she, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I will see. I will see. Yeah, that look that new movie looks kind of neat. Yeah, and they're making a movie but, out of the uh, Batman TMNT book. Yeah, which the only thing I hate about that is that they're using uh, Neo Batgirl for it. They're using what? Neo Batgirl. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't just let that die, huh? DC. <laughs> nope, it never dies. <laughs> It won't die until we reboot when everything dies. I just... Uh, yeah, I think I've... Yeah, like, no no one comes out of Injustice worse than Wonder Woman. To the point where uh, some of my favorite scenes in Injustice 2 are people just shitting on Wonder Woman. <laughs> <sighs> like, the my fa- my, you were talking about how Harley Quinn comes out the best in the games. And what, like I said earlier to Deadman on a text, one of my favorite greatest burns ever from... Harley Quinn, when 
Wonder Woman asks her, how many bu- how much blood do you have in your ledger, Quinn? And she's like, oh, me? Bucket's full. I was trying too hard to please the wrong guy. You know, kind of like you and Superman. <laughs> yeah, she has no comeback except to just scream and charge. Yeah, scream and stab. Yeah, the Harley Quinn her beats her ass. Yeah, it's her reaction to whenever someone speaks the truth. Ah, I kill you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fucking, um, fucking Scarecrow shows her a, night, a fear nightmare, which is basically just her being, her being told, this is who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, that's not. I kill you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off, weird face. Fuck off, weird hey man. I don't care if you are voiced by Jeffrey Combs. Die. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I, and like I, I, we've talked about Wonder Woman and friend the season four and the both because year four has the least to talk about overall, and also because Wonder Woman is so prominent in it, and it's where her the the, the contradictions of. Tom Taylor and other writers attempting to complicate the narrative just don't gel with with the Sith Lord that Ed Boon wants in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, the more ever since someone said it, I cannot stop seeing Injustice Wonder Woman as like Emperor Palpatine to Superman's Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, Clark. Now destroy them. Like, can you see it? Yeah, that's that's why I voiced it, man. <laughs> I just like it. It's sort of like um, Wonder Woman in Injustice is like when Nazis go, Hey, Hans, are we the baddies? <laughs> <sighs> Our caps have skulls on them. What? No, no, that's just decorative. Yeah. Oh, um, another thing that another like we could have gone a different interesting direction if we weren't tied to the games thing that I thought was kind of cool. Um, uh, um, uh, the Black Amazon is Wonder Woman, Namibia, or whatever her name is. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, uh, I'm gonna try to bring up her name. Um, but yeah, like in, as part of the uh, at, until. In the game, when Injustice, until Good Wonder Woman kicked Evil Wonder Woman's ass, um, the Amazons had had uh, uh, united around uh, Diana. But there was a period where someone other than Diana was Wonder Woman in these comics. I think, unless that's in Year Two, I could I could be confusing Year One and Year Two. I'm, if I am, I'm sorry. You might be. Uh, Confusing Injustice One and Injustice Two because I don't remember ever there ever being a Black Wonder Woman Injustice in any just stuff I've read. Okay, uh, I will check, but yeah, I might be confusing it with Injustice Two. I'm sorry if that's the case. My bad. <laughs> no worries, man. Like I said, when you were, like I said when you were yeah. gone. Yeah. Okay. It is. It is two. Uh, Nubia is her name. Yeah. In Injustice Two, there is a Black Wonder Woman, which really. The story should have gone that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm looking forward to you reading that part because it was kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'll get there. But anyway. Uh, so yeah, after trial by combat, everything turns to this fucking massive brouhaha. Yeah. Where Zeus takes away Captain Marvel's powers. Because he can just do that. 
And then he also uh, nukes Harley Quinn. Yep. And that's the other side of the story. The only other thing that really happened. Because, yeah, there are gods fucking like the worst part about the worst part about kind of about all this is just how just how quick the gods are to fucking just kowtow. Because one of the things they try to do is uh, like Ares trying to stoke the flames of war or whatever. He goes to Poseidon to try to uh, to try to like um, what is it? Uh, to, to try to like bring an uprising side against Batman and the Amazonians who had who had been forced to side with Zeus. Yes, and, and so he, and so he just and so fucking Poseidon just brings up this massive wave uh, to crash over all of Themyscira. And then Zeus shows up and goes, hey, stop it. And he's like, oh, okay. Despite the fact that earlier he was going, he was going, all shall bow before me and tell Zeus to go stick his lightning bolt up his own asshole. The second Zeus shows up, everyone who had any kind of fucking skin in the game just immediately just goes, all right, cool. Yep, you're, 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 you're in charge. Fucking just don't hurt me. Which leads to the entire thing, despite it being 24 issues, feeling like it's as long as year five, which is the longest series up until Injustice 2. Yeah. Yeah, that which, happens uh, fucking. Yeah, it, which Injustice 2 was over relatively quickly, all things considered, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, fucking that happens. Aquaman, who has been trying to be impar- trying to be neutral in all this. Well, not neutral, isolationist in all this. Just kind of comes up and goes, fuck you, du- fuck you, dude. These are my oceans. As he tries to stab him and then Mara has near Poseidon level water powers. Which, that's just cool. I like Mara. But I feel like if she got more of a role in these games, she'd come out as bad as Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so as that happens, fucking everything freaks the fuck out. All the Amazons, they get fucking saved from the wave by a strategic retreat uh, orchestrated by the Bat fam- orchestrated by Batman and the fucking insurgency, and the Flash just saves the rest. Meanwhile, in hell, uh, Hippolyta who had been sent there by, I believe, Hera. Yeah, so uh, Hippolyta, Billy Batson, who had died at some point, and fucking uh, and Harley Quinn, they're all uh, in the river. I have no idea. I have no idea how to pronounce that, and I forget how it's spelled, so I'm not going to try. It's the not name for the river sticks. Okay. <laughs> Cause yeah, it's weird. Like 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 Charon, the fucking ferryman of the river sticks. Uh-huh. They Car- mentioned him by name, but the river is something entirely different. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so they're just fucking going down, doing whatevs, they get fucking attacked by some spirits or whatever, get to the main thrust of the under of the afterlife, the underworld, at which point Harley Quinn Uses her amazing logic to go, hey, you're the biggest. Fight me, bitch. Doing prison yard rules. She and Hippolyta team up and beat the fuck out of hell. 
At which point, Harley actually takes her power pill. Because like in everything else that she is in where she is prominent, Harley Quinn is apparently the world's greatest martial artist. Yeah, and like, this is the one where it bothers me the least just because she, her character feels the least forced into the story. Yeah, she is built into the story from the ground up and not just and not just there because she's popular. Yeah. Unlike another event series we'll have to talk about in a couple months. Yeah. To wrap up talking about in a couple months. Yeah. yeah it takes power, to that. Yeah, it takes a power pill. Grabs both of them. Tries to jump out of there. At which point Ares shows up with a mother box and goes, hey, stay here. And they all go, no. So Billy Batson steals it and accidentally teleports the cells to Apocalypse. And then Darkseid fucking captures them. I was holding on to them, so Batman tells he's in the story now. <laughs> yeah. Batman tells Superman this. Superman flies to Apocalypse in like five seconds. And gets to do a big old fucking fist fight that ends up nearly destroying all of the galaxy. Well, yeah, I mean, people have said uh if Superman and Darkseid went all out in a fight. Uh, neither of them might die, but the fight would probably destroy the universe. <laughs> yeah. So that I don't that doesn't bother me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's just that just that you're just, that, you're just stating holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing, it wasn't even like them actually fighting that was doing it. It was they, them fighting, which was destabilizing apocalypse and was about to cause a fucking giant explosion. Yeah. So. Batman goes to fucking High Garden. Tells the High Father, like, hey, do anything. So he does. Uh, Zeus gives Shazam back his powers because, yeah, of course they have to. And then they all kind of go their separate ways. Just, just that's the story. Just kind of stops. Yeah. Into year five, the longest of the years at 50 issues, at 40 issues, apologies, uh, still written by Brian Buccoletto. And also, from what I remember, one of the only years of Injustice One that you have to read the annual the previous year to actually get the jumping off point. Well, yeah, you kind of have to because it's kind of a hard shift to nothing's happening to the story. <laughs> yeah. So the Injustice Year Four thing is that Plastic Man story that's been floating around on Imgur and other image-sharing websites for yeah. the last little while. Which is a good story. Yeah, it's a great story, dude. I love Plastic Man, yeah. and this is a very well-written Plastic Man. Yeah. You're the trash man. You're the trash can. Ah, guts. <laughs> this ain't that one. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one? Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. This is the one where... This is the one where uh, Plastic Man's son gets arrested. Okay, so that yeah, this is the one where... Uh, Plastic Man goes to complain to the not um, the not uh, dictators that his son got arrested for something, and he's like, "Come on, you guys have an evil guy with an evil guy mustache hanging out helping you. You are clearly evil." <laughs> yeah, it's like he's sitting in a throne. It's a chair. It's a very big chair. <laughs> yeah, and so Plastic Man uh, using his abilities, how he will use them. Uh, he gets escorted. Like he goes to fucking Superman and says, "Hey, give me back my kid." Superman's like, "No." He's like, "Come on, you're a dictator. Bend the rules. Get fucked." 
Superman says, no, harder. So Flash escorts him out. He knocks out the Flash by turning all of his turning all of his appendages into tendrils that go up into his fucking airway to block it to make him pass out. Because, you know, you need a nightmare fuel. Yeah. Plastic tentacle hentai. <laughs> yep. Then turns into the Flash. Uh, and has Cyborg lay out every possible way he could have broken into the trench, the underwater prison where they're holding all the fucking superpowered people. <laughs> you know. Breaks in, uh, disguises himself as a guard, finds Kilowog and the rest of the, lan- rest of the lanterns who are kept at a separate wing from the people who have natural powers. Gets Kilowog to start a riot. Breaks out his son as well as every other prisoner in the trench. And then using the mirror and using Mirror Master's belt, manages to escape by turning the glass dome of the of the trench into a portal out into the mirror dimension. Unfortunately, Kilowog does not survive this. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. That was another one of the more tragic deaths because it was like he was, uh, it was another was almost there kind of deaths, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, they, in the process of breaking in, um, in the process of, like, getting all the information to break in, Plastic Man had stolen all of the confiscated power rings. And after, after getting his son and opening up the, all the cells, he tosses all the rings into the air, at which point they all begin flying back to the lantern's hands. And Sinestro, who's floating above, says, fuck this, and... Fires a laser through Kilowog's chest. Just like seconds before his ring gets onto his finger. Which sucked, man. Fucking love that poozer. Yeah, they all escape. And then that is the plot for a chunk of year five. Where Superman and the regime are now 100% in power. Superman is getting super tyrannical. Yep. And they are trying to track down every prisoner who escaped from the trench, as well as Batman. Meanwhile, Batman is barely holding on. Yep. Like the, like the, like the, Insurgency is now essentially down to like seven people. As opposed to its original illustrious 14. As, yeah, everything's just kind of turned to shit. Uh, Catwoman quits, and then a couple issues later quits again. Yeah, because that's just kind of what she does. <laughs> yeah, as she is just fucking, as she is just kind of sick of it. Which, understandable. And meanwhile, Harley Quinn is doing her own off-the-books work, essentially tracking down and monitoring a a grassroots revolutionary movement called the Joker's underground, which, you know, amazing idea. Every single person in the Joker's underground is old enough to have been alive is is old enough to be like completely cogent of when the Joker was alive and what he stood for. So the idea that anybody would go, yeah, the Joker's revolutionary is the most unbelievable thing to happen in all of fucking this book. Like the leader of it is a guy in his thirties. Yeah, and this and this was happening. I'm 
pretty sure in Gotham. Yeah. So, unless he just moved there from fucking California, he knows what the Joker's about. But still, just, yeah, the Joker was a martyr for the cause. The cause of nuking Murder. cities. <laughs> yeah, that's, is this, we're great. Yeah, woo. <sighs> and yeah, so this, 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 uh, this, this fucking chapter, this chunk, this year is one of the only times outside of the first year that anybody had begun to question what they were actually doing. Yeah. And also the, uh, going back to the plastic man story, I loved that Barry was trying to say, you know, Clark's in a bad place. He'll come around. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's, <laughs> uh, he's just going through a rough patch for the last five years. Don't I'm, worry about it, bruh. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I yeah. felt it was worth mentioning. <laughs> it was. So yeah, they are tracking down fucking prisoners. Um Superman grabs the parasite and throws him into the sun. Because yeah. Yeah, like real nonchalant about any, it too. He, he's just trying to take out every possible way anyone could hurt him. <laughs> yeah, just don't And that's actually kind of the dumbest like that that was that was, that was actually one of my favorite evil Superman bits. Of just how nonchalant he was chucking the parasite into the sun. Yeah. Because because like how because like Hal and Cyborg, they were both fighting the parasite, having a hard time because the parasite kept absorbing all their shit. So Superman just flies in, blur, grabs him, flies him into the sky, and then you see him just toss him into the sun like someone would like huck their keys onto the counter. And then just comes back. Which, this is a stupid thing, but what if the parasite ate the sun? <laughs> That'd be where Ed was like, well, that's not very realistic. That wouldn't <laughs> fit with the character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Up until now, I was fine with it. But that, the parasite eating the sun, that's a step too far. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief ruined. Uh, man. Uh. But yeah, so that's all happening. Um, and this this is the, this is the book that I, this is the volume that has the most kind of things happening. So forgive me if I miss a couple. So also while it's happening, uh, Bizarro Superman's a thing. Just Bizarro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he kind of gets out. He believes he is the real Superman. The reason the S on his chest is backwards is because he looked himself in the mirror and saw that the right sideways S was backwards, and he's like, "It's backward. Change it." Because you know, and he accidentally kills. Um, he accidentally kills. Um, uh, heat Heat Wave and uh, the Weather Wizard. From the rogues. Just straight up just skeletons him. 
and then ends up traveling and then ends up like hooking up with and hanging out with uh, the trickster who had essentially like latched onto him and was like, hey, man, yeah, we used to be best buds. We're fucking you're the real Superman. But then after, but then after a while, he's like, hey, you know what? You're not the real Superman. Real Superman, piece of shit. He's garbage. You know what? You're the better Superman. You take him out. Superman is all yours, buddy. And yeah. the trickster has a similarly kind of tragic, kind of tragic, just happens death. That's also really hilarious. Yep. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that happens kind of early on in their part in their friendship is Bizarro sneezes, which then destroys a wall and almost knocks the fuck knocks almost knocks trickster's head off. So he tells, so he tells a uh, Bizarro like, all right, yeah, when you're going to sneeze, just cover your mouth. Just do that. So they're flying around, just about to just going to do whatever. It's like, hey man, you and me, we're best friends forever. They have to sneeze, so he covers his mouth while they're flying, and drops a trickster, who then just <laughs> ah. that was great. Yep. Also, I just realized this. Uh, you remember how I make, make the joke about the movie Insomnia that Al Pacino in that movie is not just a bad cop, he's bad at being a bad cop? Yeah. Well, I just find it funny that if Clark had just released Plastic Man's son, he could have avoided the whole jailbreak. Yeah, this entire <laughs> like, thing is his like fault. Just, yeah, just legitimately avoid it, used his despotic powers in a way to show a friend a favor. Could avoid the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but nah. <laughs> he had to be an honorable tyrant. <laughs> yeah, his hair was slicked back. He was in full-on despot mode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that all happens. Um, I'm actually not 100% sure how Bizarro gets dealt with. I kind of forget that. I know I know that like a Lex, who kind of made him... Uh, sends him out to the Fortress of Solitude where he has to fight a mind-controlled uh, doomsday. Yeah. But did they just beat him into submission and then... Because I remember like near the end, Lex had him back in the tube. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I know he died. Oh, no, I right. Think- yeah, that's what happened. Fucking... Yeah, they... Yeah, Superman and Superman like beats the fuck out of him with Doomsday, takes his body yeah, to Lex, and then just kind of drops it on his desk. Like, I want to know what happened. And then leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else the fuck was there? Oh yeah, with the prison break, um, a bunch of the villains have now kind of started like splintering off into into the two sides, the insurgency of the regime. Uh, the rogues, they join Batman's side because, like they say a couple times, uh, like they actually say, like they say a couple times, but like the rogues don't kill. Yeah. So because of that, Batman is comfortable working with them. Meanwhile, Bane is like, I hate the bat. If I join with the Superman, then I can find the bat and break his back. Because, yeah, they. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Bane. It is the one note Bane has now. Uh, yeah. Uh, and as all this is happening, um, Harley Quinn has begun having therapy sessions with herself. 
or more appropriately, a cardboard cutout of herself. Yeah, we, we kind of get like at the start of this where she's just kind of like sleeping, which just sitting on the, you know, doctor's couch or whatever, talking to a therapist, presumably, and then decides to go off and do her thing for the day, at which point the therapist is revealed to be just a printout of Harley Quinn, Dr. H. Quinn, M.D., in a lab coat, but still wearing the Harley Quinn outfit, looking as stern as she possibly can, just in a chair. Yeah. Yeah, as she goes off to find Shazam, because this is something that I ha- we hadn't really mentioned, because it this is kind of the culmination of it all, and it didn't really have a super big impact on the story up, up until now. No, they kind of they kind of mentioned it, and then it drifted off for a while, but it comes back here with what happens to Shazam. <laughs> yeah, Harley Quinn has a thing for Shazam. Yeah, I am... Um... I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> we did say she comes out largely unscathed. Yeah. This is the thing of just like, in. yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I think, I think, um, Nico would say, but why though? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. So she gets into a fucking fist fight with Shazam, just essentially screaming at him over and over again. Why the fuck are you doing this? Like, apparently, even she knows he's supposed, supposed to have the fucking wisdom of Solomon and that this is idiotic. Yeah. And that was largely just kind of get it out of her system. Like, yeah. so much shit has happened, she needed an outlet, and that was the... In, in, her, in her reasoning, that was A, the easiest outlet she could get her hands on, and B, she actually believed she could convince Shazam to just leave Superman's side and, like, stop doing this. Yeah. I mean, the only person she could have actually convinced at this point was Barry, because Barry was just kind of delusional at this point. Like, I mean, to quote Plasman, I'm going to leave you all to your delusions of self-righteousness. Barry was the one who was the most delusional in that case, but I think he could he could have seen reason if someone had said, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, at any moment, up until the moment we're getting to. Yeah. He could, like, he potentially could have been flipped. But, nope. Uh, yeah, all that kind of comes to a head when Alfred gets murdered. Which, yep. that. Yeah, so Superman goes and talks to Sinestro, who is currently st- who is currently standing on guard duty at an experimental prison to hold, like, super people and other criminals that you can't hold in the regular justice system because dot, dot, dot. Because uh, the writer had read Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> and so Superman was talking to Sinestro, and then Zaz got out. Heads to Wayne Manor, and then guts Alfred. Alfred did not have his trusty shotgun. So that's unfortunate. And this all happens... Because Alfred disrespected and sassed Superman. Yep. Yeah, Damien shows up again for... Yeah, D- Damien shows up again at the, at the mansion just to kind of like talk to Alfred. Just because he because Damien has been 
on a journey. Yeah. To make sure he's right where he and needs to be he, when he's evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, he just kind of goes and talks to Alfred. And they end up having a debate. They end up having like a little bit of a fucking tete-a-tete uh, whether or not Alfred truly believes that Batman can be Superman. And he does. Just no no question, no hesitation. He just 100% believes that that Bruce will beat Clark because, in his words, Bruce lives without fear. Clark lives a life defined by fear. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Damien heads back to the Watchtower where the ghost of Dick Grayson had given him the Nightwing costume. Yeah, which is... I. <laughs> Okay, this is another kind of characterization thing. It kind of fits, but I don't like it considering where the games go. That that uh, Nightwing is now dead man and telling Bruce, don't give up on, on uh, Damien. He means well. He just wants to kill people. <laughs> yeah, he's just a murder man. Who, in the course of Injustice 1 to Injustice 2, decides to go back to being Robin. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that, that was another thing that we didn't mention because we couldn't mention fucking everything. And otherwise, we'd be here for fucking five hours. Yeah, and we've already been here for two. <laughs> yeah. After Dick died, uh, Boston got ghost fucked by the Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> and his soul was getting sent to oblivion. So he went back to Nanda Parba. Your soul is mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he went, so he went back to, uh, so he went back to Nanda Parbat, where mm-hmm. the goddess who brought him back to life then gave the powers of the dead man to Dick Grayson. Yeah. And yeah, so Yeah, all this hap- all all this is fucking happening. Um I, I mean, uh I the end of the game the end of the comic, aside from like a really touching and dark scene where Batman both empathizes with Superman and mentions all of the truly evil things he's done, quote unquote, for good reasons. the the last The last big section of the of the comic is just setting up the the plot mechanics to get the game to happen. Yeah, but we're not there yet. Yeah. So because yeah, Damien tells Superman what Alfred said, so Superman flies off to Alfred. At this point, Alfred's like, hey, how's your fucking nose doing? <laughs> yeah. And just essentially just tells him to fuck off and sasses him as hard as Alfred has sassed anybody. And Superman is like in full-on kill mode. Yeah. He's I'm, actually fl- su- I'm legit surprised he didn't kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is the thing. That is the thing that like genuinely surprises me at that point because he was already dictator for life. Why the fuck... Would he have the need for a subterfuge? Yeah. Like the subterfuge feels like a year one or two style maneuver. Yeah. Like it seems like something he would have done to of when he was trying to justify to himself that he was still a hero and not just the villain. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because it was Alfred, he couldn't do it. Yeah. Because I've said this, I feel like on here before, and I will say it as many times as I need to. Alfred is the most important character in DC to me. Yeah, he's one of. He is he's, the best. 
Alfred Thaddeus Crane Pennyworth is a fucking beast of a man. And the fact that it's fucking Zaz that gets him. Fucking Zaz. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, this also comes off of this also comes at the like his death also comes kind of at the end of a string of very humanizing moments for Batman. Yeah. Where like he constantly has like video calls with that with Alfred where Alfred is like, you know, making some food or whatever and he's talking to Batman and 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 like he does the, and Alfred's like, I say some cookies. I assume you didn't get them or open them because you know you're too busy with your work. And then then Batman just lifts up a tin of empty cookies. An empty tin of cookies, I mean. He's like, Yeah, they were fucking delicious. Like not as good as like fresh out the oven, but you know, situation. Say more cookies, hangs up. And then also this fun little like idea that hasn't really been implemented that I can th- that I can think of anywhere else that I absolutely love for their dynamic where no one in the bat family knows how old Alfred is or when his birthday is. So every year they just kind of guess. Yep. Which that's, that's a fun fucking thing. Just this idea that the one thing that Batman can't figure out is when his Butler was born or how old his Butler is. Yeah. And yeah, so this leads to another big confrontation between Batman and the fucking regime mm-hmm. along with Damien as he tracks down Zaz and beats him near to death trying to trying to get him to confess that trying to get him to confess that Superman set him up to set him up for this. And then Damien's like, "Yeah, we need to kill him." And the regime shows up and they we go, we need to kill him. And Superman's like, I need to kill you. And then Flash is like, yeah, no. And speeds him off. And this is the biggest crisis of conscience that the Flash has in the entire book. Yeah. Where he like goes and meets Iris and like, and tries to like have an actual conversation with her as she is, she is just fucking d- turning Horrified. him away at every chance. Yeah. And he actually straight up stands up to Superman and calls him out on everything he's done. Yeah. And then you get to the end of it and he goes whole hog with the regime. Yeah. And then later, after he commits fully to the regime, then has a conversation with Hal. I'm just like, I'm just like hey, what the fuck are we doing here, man? Because fucking Christ. This shit should have happened way earlier. Not when you are both standing around, one of you in your fucking, one of you in your fucking, like, totalitarian armor, the other one as a yellow goddamn lantern. This should have happened around the time of the fucking chess match, dude. Not now, in the final book. God. Yeah, this is this is another one of those the character arc having to match with the game when 
organically, it does not match with the story you're telling. Yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of like not really matching organically. Uh, Although, and speaking of which, another bad Wonder Woman moment. Uh, Wonder Woman is for some reason upset that Clark is upset with the Flash about what he did. <laughs> You think she'd like, be the one asking, "Does like, hey, can I fucking just let me let me fucking slit his throat?" Yeah, it's like, Clark, you can't hurt our friends. As she's punching Batman in the face or something. <laughs> it's like, Clark, you can't hurt our friends. As she is holding fucking Barbara Gordon by the neck with the lasso in the air. Just like she's holding a purse, but it's Babs in a noose. Yeah, so, anyway, speaking of, like I said, uh, kind of of out-of-place stuff. um, So, we mentioned the Joker's underground, like, them, like, their whole mission of trying to set this up again, trying to, like, get, like, like, you know, a citizen's resistance against the fucking regime. Superman kills, like, 200 unarmed civilians? Just torches them with his heat vision? And the insurgency's plan to try to bring him down is to release video of him doing that. Like the world doesn't already know he's a mass murderer. Yeah, and this is this is the the padding problem I think later later years of injustice ran into where there's only so much story they could do before where everything has to be at the end of the, at the beginning of the game. Uh uh-huh, and, the, the and they also had an issue count. <laughs> yeah. Like, if this was 24 issues, I don't think they would have included this. Yeah. But because it's 40, they need to fill out a lot more fucking real estate. Yeah, so they kidnap Cyborg, hack into him, get the footage, try to release it. Raven uses her empathic mind powers to shut off all electronics on the planet. And then also fry Babs' hardware. And and then we just kind of get get into setup for the game. Like once that plan fails, then the next plan is the the next plan is then Superman, Batman and Lex going, going, I have this awesome super weapon, right? Everyone's DNA. How about we go to another reality? Wait, what? And then the game story happens. Yeah. And that's the end of Injustice. Here, that's the end of Injustice, part one. Yep. I. I did not expect us to get two and a half hours of material out of this. Yeah. Well, between having to explain the plot, you explaining, it essentially turned into us talking about. Well, basically what I said at the beginning, it's like a whole lot of really great moments contrasted by the sheer structural flaws that often lead to a bunch of really dumb moments. And you were always like, I don't want to say we were the Statler and Waldorf scenario where you were like, yeah, but this is really cool. I was like, yeah, but this is why it was stupid. And it's like, this is really cool. And this is really cool. But then the stupid thing happened. Because... <laughs> uh. Hmm... But this is the most animated a U and B show has been in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just we need we need to fucking change things up a bit. Getting the same thing over and over again was a bit 
taxing for us is the reason why we stopped doing let's watches like that. Yeah. But this and I'm I was glad to talk about it because I do think it at least I don't want to say skip year four, but I almost want you to skip year four because read a Wikipedia synopsis. Because like the the moments that matter in year four are so few and far between, I don't think the year as a whole is worth it. Yeah, it it isn't. Like, <laughs> like the only reason I might ever actually consider getting year four is the fact that I have kind of OCD and I need to have one, two, three, four, five on my shelf. Yeah, sure. But even then, I'd probably just get it and then like super all the pages together so no one can read it. Yeah. Just if you try to open this, you'll have a bad time. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, all in all, I like, yeah, we had our problems with it and it is easier to it's easier for us, like people on the internet especially, to like pontificate about things we don't like the things we like, but I think ultimately we like this. Yeah. Like, th- this is not a... This is not an identity crisis scenario where all of the little flaws and structural problems break everything. There's a lot of good in this. The good stuff is good enough that I'm more or less okay. Well, no, okay. Well, not okay, because I, I've... Wonder Woman will always make me angry, but uh, yeah, that, like that—that's kind of—that's kind of the biggest thing where we differ on that is like, yeah, I do—I don't like what they're doing with Wonder Woman. In this she doesn't even feel like Wonder Woman, but I—but that does not annoy me to the extent it does you. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so actually, more it annoys me, it pisses you off. Yes, yeah, that I think that's an accurate assessment. Yeah, so. And, yeah. That's injustice. Hope you like this switch up the format a bit. Uh, I know that we we went off topic a lot and just like weird tangents and other stuff, and we probably missed a whole lot. Like, I feel like 100% we did. But. It's, it's kind of hard not to when talking about injustice, because this is a sprawling, messy thing. <laughs> yeah, this is. I, so I'm pretty sure like year one was like 12 issues. Years through three, years two through four were twenty four, and year five was forty issues. Yeah, they're big books. Yeah, and so trying to recall all of that from memory, we're bound to miss a few things. I guess it should jumbled up, but hopefully you enjoyed this. Yeah, uh, I, I think we did. Yeah, totally. <laughs> At some point, we'll probably do something like this again. It was like a palate cleanser from the regular show. Yeah. Uh, but that's good for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Well, an episode of the DestroProds.com podcast. In between now and then, though, we're going to be having our regular run of fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Till that, though, I'm dead. And I am a birdie who's still probably going to die. This is injustice. Yep. We'll see you guys next time. Fatality. Superman. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I, I went into Injustice Wonder Woman in my head for some reason. Like, you, like you killed someone, so she was hot for it. <laughs>
That's not more like that's not more like a, like a seven year old. Just like, oh god, Superman is here. Yeah, or like, oh god, Superman just did a fatality. I was like, oh, Superman. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Anyway, I stopped recording. <laughs> <laughs>